Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? This is Ben Kissel. I'm hanging out with Travis Morningstar. We're having a wonderful day here. We're sipping our coffee. We're looking out the windows. A couple of birds are chirping, and there's squirrels fighting over an acorn. I like Isn't to, that fun? Yeah, I like I like to see the window. I like to see the door so yeah. that psychologically I feel like I can escape at any moment. Absolutely. Of course, if you had a chance, well, you may, when is the interview with John Douglas going to come out for our Patreon? Monday. Monday. This Monday. We had a chance to interview for our Patreon, so thank you all uh, to who give to our Patreon. We love you with all of our heart and soul. Uh, Henry Zabrowski and I do an interview series on there, and this Monday you will have a chance if you give. I think it's just a buck, right? Five bucks for oh, the oh, five bucks for, for the, the interviews, bonus interviews. So five bucks for the bonus interviews. We interview John Douglas from the hit show on Netflix. Maybe you've heard of Netflix called Mind Hunter. He's a former FBI profiler and he goes into some really great detail about what it's like to interview Charles Manson, uh, Sirhan Sirhan, John Wayne Gacy. It is a crazy, crazy interview and his life is, um, I mean, I would have an immense amount of PTSD if I lived his life, mm -hmm. but I think he's handling it relatively well. Turns out Manson hilarious guy that's what he said so you'll be be sure to tune in uh to that on our patreon thank you all so much uh for listening and for giving to that um okay this is top at we got a bunch of stuff to talk about this week i say that every week because you know what every week we have a bunch of stuff to talk about we're going to talk a little bit about the national rifle association mm -hmm. now the nra of course it's a funneling arm for the russian government to then give to uh, republican congress people um the NRA's having a bit of a shakeup. They're in a little bit of a lover's quarrel. Maybe they need to go, they need to see, they need to sit down in front of Mori Povich. And Mori Povich needs to figure this out for them. Maybe even because it is the NRA, sit down in front of Jerry Springer. And then you can have Jerry's final thoughts at the end, and perhaps that can heal all wounds that are currently uh, inflicting the NRA. And of course, when I say National Rifle Association, again, there's about 4 million members. It's not even 
the it does not make up the vast majority of gun owners in this country and many gun owners in this country believe the NRA has become too politicized now it is simply a political lobbying group as opposed to what it was originally which was supposed to be basically like do you subscribe to field and stream we'll become a member of the NRA because we also like fly fishermen and deer hunters and now it's become like do you want to shoot up a school with an AR-15? We've got the model for you. Well, yeah. The NRA. Now it's the NRA TV. Now it's like... Oh, my God. NRA TV, if you haven't... I did not buy this, but I did get a like a two-day trial or something like that. Dana Loesch has yes. a show on there. The single dumbest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. But, of course, the people who that she... The people she are, is speaking to are just like... Now that is a pretty lady saying the words that my friend Jed says. Ooh, my brain is confused, but my penis is hard. She literally just says the things that dumb people say, and then dumb people listen to her, and then they're like, I think she's onto something. A lot of siege mentality, a lot of like the the coming race war is upon us. Right. Uh, she did a segment recently about Thomas the train the Thomas Ta- the tank engine. Really? What's wrong with Thomas well, the so tank they're, engine? They're including diverse trains to the show and it's <laughs> what do you hold on a second and it's, and it's, what does that even mean it, what is a what is a diverse okay first of all thomas the tank engine is a talking train yes okay so he that's is, number one i guess he is a white man though is he a white i, I thought he was blue i he's a, he's a white man who is also a blue train engine but uh, in its in its 22nd season mind you uh-huh. uh thomas the uh the tank engine is bringing in a little bit more diverse cast there the, a train is from nigeria okay um, but Dana Loesch had an issue with this. And she sh- did. So she, uh, on her show on NRA TV, she uh, projected the image of a, d- a bunch of different train engines in Ku Klux Klan hoods. <sighs> and that was her like big like, oh, so we want to be diverse? Well, let's let's include the KKK. The KKK, brilliant. Well, with that kind of logic, why wouldn't you subscribe today? To NRA TV. So we're going to talk a little bit about the shakeup of what's going on over there. Also, uh, this story I thought was interesting. A lot of people, specifically Democrats in this case, wanted Stacey Abrams to run for Senate. Right. Uh, It looks as if she is not. So I want to talk about that because 2020... Uh, it looks like uh, the presidential, I mean, who knows what could happen with that. I know we got a lot of people saying Biden's too old, get him out. He's also already leading Donald Trump in a national poll by eight percentage points. Um, not that I'm saying that that's like, we better have Joe then, because I also think Elizabeth Warren could challenge him. I also think Bernie Sanders could challenge him. I think Donald Trump is extremely vulnerable, so it doesn't just have to be Biden. But that's the executive, and when it comes down uh, to the legislator, the Senate would be a huge win for the Democrats, of course, now that you mostly just need a simple majority, 51 to uh, you know confirm justices, 51 votes is really the ultimate goal to get to, as opposed to what it was traditionally, uh, which is 60. And of course, I am someone who wishes that we could go back to 60 because, of course, then in theory, we would have to have some compromise mm-hmm. uh, within our uh, within uh, Congress which obviously is completely dead, although it does seem as if criminal justice reform is a little bit more of a bipartisan issue. As a matter of fact, Charles Barkley, this isn't really a a full story, but Charles Barkley met with Jared Kushner to talk about criminal justice reform, and Jared Kushner has been good about this. This, It does seem to be bipartisan, which I think is great. This is a national stain uh, 
uh, a stain on our nation, our criminal justice system. But this, I mean, this it's is, horrible. This was the Space Jam Summit with this was this Yes, this was the Space Jam Summit, and I love Sir Charles. I love Charles Barkley. When the Suns lost to the Bulls, I'll never forget, I was driving in the, in the back of the station wagon. My father was driving us back from Chicago, and uh, it was game six. And I believe it was John Paxson that hit the game-winning three for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And I was in the back of this white station wagon, and I was just like, cry- I cried and I cried. Um, because I wanted the Suns to win. That Suns, that Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Charles Barkley, you know what I'm talking about, oh, yeah. Travis. I'm, I'm big on that. They were a great squad. Anyway, Charles Barkley was invited to the White House to speak with Jared Kushner and some others about criminal justice reform. And Charles was like, yeah, bro, I'll go. But I don't want to see your father-in-law. Of course, that's Donald Trump. And I don't want any cameras, and I want no pictures. <laughs> so he's like, I will go in the in the cloak of darkness. I will go at, at midnight exactly, and I will be ushered in as if I'm Justin Bieber uh, trying to go into, uh, I don't know, some kind of fancy restaurant here in New York City. So uh, Charles Barkley did meet with Jared Kushner to talk about criminal justice reform. And Charles Barkley has actually done quite a bit in that field as well. He gave a million-dollar donation to a criminal justice organization, and he actually does do a lot of charitable work. So that was just kind of a funny little hmm. B-side story um, to uh, to what we're talking about nationally when it comes to uh, the reform of criminal justice. Also a story that I want to talk about, uh, you know, when we, when we talk about student debt in this country, we usually talk about students. Right. Yeah. Um, but w- but what we forget is this debt, like the movie It Follows, is a demon that never leaves you alone. So there's a lot of senior citizens actually that are suffering from student debt because they put it off, they put it off, they put it off, and now all of a sudden they're having their um, social security garnished, their wages are being garnished, and they are in need of money at this point in their life, obviously the non-working years. So it's not just 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds, 30-year-olds suffering from student debt. Um, There's also a senior citizen issue, which I want to talk a little bit about. There's like a there's a wave of senior citizens that have like hundred thousand dollar student loans from a screen printing uh, degree they got at SCAD. Exactly, like typewriting class. Like I have no idea what they were going for. Um, So I think that's interesting. Um, Also, on last week's episode, I mentioned to get vaccinated because we have a measles outbreak, and I mentioned how it's oftentimes hardcore religious groups, the Hasidic groups, um, you know, cult-like mentalities, uh, evangelicals. There's a lot of anti-vaxxers in the evangelical community. And then you have your hippity-dippity people, the Jenny McCarthy's. I don't know why. I just want to think about Jenny McCarthy and say her name. So I'm referencing her. But there are a lot of people who are like, the sun can give you all the power you need. I don't even drink water anymore. I just stare at the sun. And I feel totally replenished. There are a lot of people who are just holding on to crystals and, you know, eating God knows what to stay supposedly healthy in their mind that are also anti-vaxxers. But there was a Scientology cruise ship. And this is, you know, going back to the cult mentality, a Scientology cruise ship uh, had some health issues when it comes to the measles. So I'll talk about that. And I also want to discuss um, the need for rural broadband because I've been hearing a lot when these politicians that are running for the Democratic nomination for the presidency you know the Mueller report obviously that's on uh, you know 
ad nauseum. It's on the news channels. They can't stop talking about it. They love they love talking about it. In the it, it's one of those things because it is so broad. Because Mueller did punt to Bill Barr, and now of course Mueller is upset with Barr's uh, assessment of his you know um, of the report, and Bill Barr has now since said he's not going to testify in front of the House. Uh, he did testify in front of the Senate. Um, but evidently he lied quite rigorously, uh, rigorously, rigorously, or at the very least answered the questions as narrow as humanly possible and protected the president as uh, William Barr has been known yeah, to do. It, tur- it turns out the old guy from up turns out he turns out to be a real piece of shit. He does. Yeah. He does. But of course, he lost his wife and she lost the child. And true. there's a lot of drama and a lot of stress going on within that family. And let's not forget about all the houses and the changes that were going around uh, all the new buildings and construction that was happening around that poor old man's house in the movie up so i understand why he was frustrated okay let's not sympathize too much with him on the the up thing but yeah yes i mean i i I think that that man had a lot of good issues a lot of valid complaints that's all i'm gonna say the grumpy guy from up had a lot of valid complaints and he could have been nicer to the chunky kid but then all of a sudden, the chunky kid and him really got along. I'm not going to explain the whole movie of Up here. I've never seen it. You never saw Up? No. You never saw Up? No, I've, but I've seen Toy Story enough to have If you need to cry, covered all of Pixar. If you need to cry, just watch the first 15 minutes of Up. It is truly the saddest thing. I don't even know how this is in a children's movie. It goes through like a lot of life stuff with the old man. And let's just say he and his wife didn't have the easiest time procreating. Ben, if I need to cry, I'll watch the end of Toy Story 3 like every other 30-year-old. Oh, come on. It's a happy ending. Well, Up has a happy ending, but in the beginning, it's a sad ending. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about the movie Up. It's a very good movie. Check it out. Um, So the politicians out there that are running say no one cares about this Mueller report. Obviously, we can talk about it and pontificate it on television news and, you know, on the podcast and stuff like that. But when you get down to brass tacks, you're talking to the people. um, One of the issues that they're hearing regularly about is the lack of rural, rural broadband. So I want to talk about that. It reminds us of, you know, the old what was going on with technology, uh, electricity back in the 1930s. Um, It really is about getting people on an equal playing field. And let's be honest, if you don't have broadband, if you don't have access to the Internet, you're way behind. Uh, The vast majority of homework that is now sent home uh, from teachers to their students, the Internet is required for better or for worse. I don't know. It is what it is. So if you don't have Internet access, you are so far behind uh, you can't even really measure it. I mean, can you imagine not having the internet? No, absolutely. Well, my so my ex girlfriend, her parents live in upstate, in like a very rural part of upstate New York, and her dad sort of receives like two minute clip buffered transmissions sure. of, of Bill Maher. So he's like watching two oh, no. two minutes of Bill Maher at like every hour, oh, and then my God. just sort of buffering it along. And th- so yeah, I could see how you honestly, man, you get your information. It's probably extremely piecemeal, and yes, and you got to be very kind of selective with it. And if Bill Maher is still your go to concert or uh, political commentator, obviously he identifies as a liberal, which I don't even know what that means anymore at this point. Because if it means what Bill Maher thinks it means, I don't know who is a liberal because. He is, uh, I watch his show because I do like to feel just total pain in my heart. His guests are all so played out, it's ridiculous. And his point of view is just like, 
okay, just be a Republican at this point. I don't even care. Like, he hates the Democratic Party. He hates everyone in the Democratic Party. He hates the Republican Party. He just doesn't know... He's not he, anyway. I know some friends who write for his show, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna demean the comedic aspects of the Bill Maher whatever real time yeah. show. But, but my he'll, God, but he'll be like, both parties are terrible. While he's like giving a back massage to David Duke or something. Well, that's like, the problem with him. He was very hard. I'll never forgive him for this. Uh, those remember those uh, of you out there. I'm sure you remember Ken Bone. Yes. Ken Bone. He was the 2016 Joe the Plumber. Uh, he wore the Target outfit, the red shirt, the, the red sweater, khaki pants, you know. Bill Maher grilled him <laughs> like he was Bill Barr being grilled by Amy Klobuchar. It was insane how mean Bill Barr was to this just, you know, guy who was became a meme and had a small 10, 15 minutes of success. I've never fame. seen anyone faster become a meme than Ken Bone. It just, was, he's he, a lovable he, guy. He, he just burst into meme flames as soon as he hit he the screen. <laughs> he literally, as soon as soon as Ken Bone spoke at that CNN town hall, it, it, um, I think it took, no exaggeration, 45 seconds. 45 seconds, and, easy. It was just like all over Twitter immediately. I'm like, that is. The sweater was available on like Well yes. Made or whatever. People dressed as him for Halloween. Anyway, Bill Maher grilled him, yelled at him, made fun of him ridiculed him in every way possible and then he also had on about a month or two months later one of the biggest douchebags in um in this trumpian sort of era that we're in milo yanniopoulos whatever this douchebag's name is and milo is uh he wants to be edgy He's so he's gay and he's married to a black man and he, then he can say the n word and the f word and then he says white power and then everyone's like that is edgy. Yeah. Thank you for being so edgy, Milo. You British piece of crap. Um, Bill Maher basically did what Milo would have wanted Bill Maher to do, which is suck his dick. Yeah. He sucked his freaking dick so hardcore in that interview, being like. We're, we're alike. You and I were very alike. Well, yeah, he recognizes we push, it. We push the limit. He I'm recognizes like, another asshole. Yeah, yeah. It was like buttholes and buttholes unite. And I just thought that that was an indication that Bill Maher is a bully, not a good interviewer, and someone who just doesn't have any concept of uh, morality. If you're going to make fun of Ken Bone, who is a lovable loser, um, he he also likes pregnant women porn, which is totally fine. He calls them human submarines. Quite humorous. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Leave Ken Bone alone. That's what I say. And uh, just lastly here, William Barr, he refused to testify, as I mentioned. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is coming out saying that he lied to Congress. Um, so we'll continue to follow that story. Bill, uh, again, Robert Mueller isn't happy with the assessment. Uh, this entire fiasco continues because Bill, uh, because Robert Mueller decided to punt when it comes to the Mueller report. We do have Elizabeth Warren, I believe Bernie Sanders, I think Kamala Harris as well when it comes to the Dems running for president, who are saying, hey, just impeach this guy. It's certainly impeachable. If you read the Mueller report, there's enough evidence to impeach. And I personally do not care if the Democratic Party, if the if the House wants to impeach, Go for it. I really don't care. I actually think that might be motivating to the base of the Democratic Party to say, hey, all right, at least we're going through the procedure. Now, of course, the concern is to impeach Donald Trump and get him out that way. And then, of course, the concern is 
can the Democratic Party walk and chew gum at the same time? And I only say that's a concern because oftentimes they have tripped while walking while not chewing gum. So I don't care. I think it's good red meat for the base. Impeach him. Obviously, the sad thing is it's nothing but political theater because the Senate would never, uh, you know, move that move that um, piece of legislation forward. But nonetheless, uh, I, I understand why um, there is a large sentiment to be like, just impeach him, make, yeah. it, make it more difficult than more and more difficult. Call, keep on calling the hearings, his exhaust the little staff he has just exhaust Donald Trump. And so I do understand it from that perspective. So I wash my hands. I Pontius Pilate this situation. Say, if you want to impeach, impeach. If you don't, it doesn't really matter to me. It's just not the biggest issue for me personally because I don't think it's the biggest issue for uh, people in general when it comes to why they will vote. And the Democratic Party needs to get back to that grassroots. And I think they are doing a much, much better job already in this cycle than they did in 2016. But I'm, I'm, I'm down for some kabuki theater if it means pantomiming like a, a blade cutting off Trump's head or, or, or in this case, do bars. it. Like, do something. It's fine. I have no problem with it. I really don't. Um, so just first, let's talk about the lighter story. And this light story is just about uh, Scientology and this, and this cruise ship that was full of the measles. So St. Lucia Health Authorities say cruise ship reportedly owned by the Church of Scientology has confirmed a case of the measles. So this cruise ship is now on quarantine, and uh, health officials previously ordered the ship to stay in port after learning that someone on board might have the measles. St. Lucia Chief Medical Officer Dr. Merlene Frederick James said the confirmed case involves a female crew member and that given the highly infectious nature of the disease, it is likely that others may have been exposed. This is 2019, as we mentioned on the end of last week's episode. Measles should not be uh, in existence. We already eradicated it. It's already done. We figured it all out. And for some reason, there are people in this world and people in this country who want to untie the knot that was done. And I guess just Give it another shot with the measles. Well, there are some very prominent Scientologists that don't believe in vaccinations. Absolutely, and there are. Can you are. imagine that ship just full of people, just, just projectile vomiting negative organs everywhere? You know, they're being a real suppressive person. I think so. I absolutely, they need to be out of Scientology. They're a suppressive. Get them away from their family. Get them away from their friends. Send them to Arizona. That must have been a really classy affair, though, before it became all like blood and vomit and bile and stuff. Sure. Because have you seen ascots. the Have you seen the Scientology Center here in Manhattan? Of course. It looks like a like a twenties Art Deco bar, like a martini bar. It's the, amazing. And the the Scientology buildings in Los Angeles, I get it, man. You want pageantry. You want big old signs. Uh, it's the it's the Catholic Church of cults, Scientology. Yeah. It's the largest cult that there is out there. And there's a lot of people looking for answers. And I get it, man. You want to go to Scientology. It's a kind of a cool thing. Even when the Xenu re, uh, review, um, when, they, when they revealed that Xenu is like the top tier, mm-hmm. I almost liked it better. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But, you know, I'm definitely not going to join the Church of Scientology. Uh, for one, I think it's a total scam. It'll take all your money. And uh, for another reason, it's full of measles. So she said one person on this boat 
uh, or on this ship with measles could easily infect others through coughing and sneezing. Uh, the vessel's name is Free Winds, yes. which sounds like a, a ghastly toot. Um, Free Winds is still moored there, St. Lucia Coast Guard Sergeant Victor Theodore told NBC News. So just another reminder, get vaccinated if you have not gotten vaccinated yet because your parents were honestly made made a bad decision doesn't mean you have to hate your parents but they made the wrong call uh, if you have to get vaccinated yourself get vaccinated and if you are a new parent i'm not going to tell you how to parent in any way but it just i was vaccinated and it seemed just fine for me um so all right get vaccinated folks we can't go back to the 18th century it's time for spring cleaning and Quip's got an easy way to start. With your brushing habits, just two minutes of brushing twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. Quip's newest addition is a kid's brush. It's the same as Quip's original version, featuring a two-minute timer and guiding pulses, just tweaked down for smaller mouths. The Quip's got kid-friendly features like a small brush head, watermelon anti-cavity toothpaste, and rubber grip handles in colors little ones will love. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the product the adults in their life use. And they're proud to use Quip, and you'll love Quip too. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. And I gotta tell you, my Quip is great. I love how easy the Quip is to take on the road, and thanks to Quip's built-in features like the two-minute timer, I brush better. That's why I love Quip and why over a hundred million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25 and if you go to getquip.com slash top hat right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash top hat. Okay, let's, let's start a little bit here with the National Rifle Association. So, this shakeup, it is legit. Um, Oliver North. Um, now, Oliver North, of course, he was the NRA president, not for that long. A year. Yeah, a, a pretty short stint. You know him from the Iran-Contra scandal from the 1980s. Spent, As made famous by the, the Iran-Contra yes. scandal. So he knows how to sell arms, which I think is such an important thing for the NRA to be able to do. So he's not going to be renominated for his post. Evidently this is because there is a quote clear crisis within the NRA. This is in a letter read by the group's vice president Saturday morning to kick off uh the annual uh NRA meeting. And if you have a chance, these NRA meetings, I was watching the C-SPAN ran a, a little segment on them. They are like they're Comic-Cons for guns. Yeah. That's all that they are. They have all of these guns, and they're all behind glass, and they have little price tags on them, and they showed people just like a kid in an aquarium, just staring at these killing machines. They're and I get it. I'm not even like, you know me, man. I'm like totally normal. Um, but I also I'm don't- totally normal. I'm totally normal when it comes to guns. I understand they have a purpose, but the purpose I don't think should be drooling like droopy dog after seeing someone naked for the first time. They, they were salivating looking at these guns, and I'm like- 
It's a, it's a tool, like we've talked about before. Do you salivate looking at a spoon? No, you don't. There are probably like a couple people dressed as Master Chief from Halo at these I'm things, sure, I am absolutely sure of it. I am sure of it. It really It's the Comic-Con for gun nuts. So this was in a letter that was read by uh, the VP of the NRA. He says there's a clear crisis. Oliver North said that he will not be renominated. Uh, to serve as NRA president as infighting and controversy have taken over the group. This is according to Oliver North. He says, please know, I hoped to be with you today as NRA president endorsed for re-election. I am now informed that that will not happen. North, who has been on the job for about six months, uh, went on to attack the NRA law firm that filed a lawsuit against its leading ad firm. So this is all about the two different wings of the National Rifle Association. The advertisement wing, and I believe NRA TV would fall into that. Yeah, Ackerman McQueen, which is an Oklahoma-based advertising firm that basically shapes their voice. Okay, they shape their voice. And then the political wing. So my understanding is Oliver North was more in line with the NRA TV, Yes, was trying to sort of rebrand the NRA as, again, maybe trying to go back to that a little bit more of a, uh, I don't want to use the word wholesome, but just a little less politicized version of the NRA, I guess. I'm assuming that's kind of what he was trying to do with all, NRA TV. Oliver North, no, they're trying to they're trying to double down on this sort of like hyper-intense siege mentality, like celebrity icons of NRA. So, so, so like you're Dan, telling me... Dan Bongino, you know Dan oh Bongino my God. or whatever. Dan Bongino, Dan I, I've, done, I've done TV with him. He is such a colossal... Loser, he blocked me on Twitter. I'm sorry. I have no idea why. I've never tweeted at him, and I've seen him multiple times. He literally is. If you ever see him on TV, he fills in for Sean Hannity sometimes. He's one of the biggest idiots I have ever talked to in my entire life. I please, Lord, no one take Dan Bongino seriously. <laughs> Just please, God, don't. Um. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. So Wayne LaPierre then, of course, now he's the still the head of it. So he's the more moderate one in this case. Weirdly, yeah. So he's well. The, then that's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. It, it's he's more of like let's let's maintain this sort of like um, uh, appearance of a social where, welfare organization for mm-hmm. you know like keeping the Second Amendment alive and everything. But the the whole reason this started is because. Uh, Letitia Jones, the incoming attorney general for Letitia New York. Letitia James, yeah. Letitia James, yeah. the uh, incoming attorney general for New York, is trying to get the NRA's uh, tax-exempt status removed, uh, right. along with Governor Cuomo. Sure, I'm fine with that. And so they're looking to like audit the NRA. Uh, Wayne LaPierre actually was like, okay, let's get our house in order like so that we could show these, you know, where the money is going in this thing. Ackerman McQueen, their like big ad people, the people that shape the voice of the NRA, says absolutely not, and then they sort of staunchly say we're not gonna we're not gonna show our finances or anything like that. Right. And then the NRA sues itself. Wayne Lapierre's end right. of the NRA actually sues Ackerman McQueen, which is the NRA TV side. Right. Sues itself to get those to get that financial documents from them. Okay. And, and that is where Ackerman McQueen actually basically bribed Wayne LaPierre. They said, "Hey, if you if you just step down now, we'll make sure that no uh like sexual harassment accusations come out. We'll make sure that uh none of the the shady financial dealings that you're caught up in come out. 
So if you step down now, we won't do anything like that, and you will get a comfy retirement plan. That's it, what they told to Wayne LaPierre. Wayne LaPierre, yeah. But yeah. then he said, no, he I'm says, sitting. Yeah, he says, actually, no, uh, Oliver North, you're out. Okay, so this is, a, again, going back to the Oliver North letter. He wrote, after resuming office as NRA president in September of 2018, I was confronted by NRA members and board members who expressed concern about the amount of money the NRA was paying to the Brewer Law Firm. There is a clear crisis, he goes on to say, and it needs to be dealt with immediately and responsibly so the NRA can continue focus on protecting our Second Amendment rights. In an updated version of the civil complaint filed April 24th in Virginia State Court, the NRA made new new allegations regarding North, a former Marine Corps lieutenant, uh, colonel perhaps best known for his role in the Iran-Contra affair, of course, as we mentioned, and his relationship uh, that the company has through NRA TV. The updated complaint alleges that not only did North not deliver on all the material promised for NRA TV, but he allegedly garnered a salary from both the gun rights group and Ackerman McQueen, the advertising agency, as uh, Travis mentioned. So on Thursday, LaPierre claimed in a letter published in the Wall Street Journal that North was, quote, trying to oust him. He goes on to say, um, delivered by a member of our board on behalf of his employer, the extortion was simple. Resign or there will be destructive allegations made against the NRA. LaPierre, who is also the group's executive vice president, wrote in a letter. So it seems like um, Oliver North, Ackerman McQueen, Perhaps it was a t- uh, an attempt at some extortion. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were channeling their inner um, uh, Avenatti, Michael Avenatti, trying to get some cash out of Wayne LaPierre. So there you go. A little scandal in the NRA. And, and I got to say, Wayne LaPierre is one of the biggest pieces of crap as well. <laughs> um, and the fact that in this case, well, neither none of none, none of these people are good. So there isn't even like a moderate voice in here. They're all yeah, it's feels, absolutely it feels psychotic. weird to root for Wayne LaPierre in no, this, in this small thing because it's like, it's just Oliver North. He's going full Hollywood. You know, he like yeah. wants to, he wants to make a name for himself or a more of a name for himself. And but to their credit, you know, mm-hmm. these are two factions of the NRA. I, I'm I'm surprised that they didn't take like Desert Eagles out and just blow each other away. Well, that that would have actually been much much better if they did, um, because then they could express their Second Amendment rights by killing each other. Yes. And I think that would be great. I would think it would be great for the country, quite honestly. So that's the NRA. And again, the NRA does not represent the vast majority of gun owners in this country. They're a political action group and evidently easily infiltrated uh, by the Russians, as we saw with the recent arrest of a- another beautiful oh, yeah. female Russian spy. Butina. Butina. Who doesn't want to be with a Butina? All right, so that's the NRA. We'll keep you updated on that. And uh, I'm sure they're going to play... A heavy role once again in the national political stage. I think that uh, they'll be giving quite a bit of money to Donald Trump as they did before. Of course, they're under investigation. How do they give so much money? How do they funnel that money uh, to Donald Trump? Obviously, super PACs, commercials, a whole series of different ways you can skirt the campaign finance laws, even though Donald Trump still managed to uh, make multiple mistakes when it comes to that, despite the fact you could actually get around them fairly easily, of course, given the Supreme Court decision in Citizens United. Oh, but yeah, and, so. and as soon as this whole controversy blew up, Trump took to Twitter all caps. Oh, he did. All caps. He was trying, he was going, he was, he was like, save the NRA. I know. 
He's so freaking stupid. He did it. He went on like a 60 tweet store. I, I, I don't even look. I, I don't even look at the tweet. I do not care. It's making us dumber. Yes, he's upset. Donald Trump is upset. Sitting yeah. on the toilet, taking a presidential dump, being upset. That's our president um, who is supposedly going to react appropriately if there ever is a global war that breaks out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about <laughs> oh, that. I have so much confidence. OK, so that's what's going on with the NRA. Hopefully the organization uh, falls away and crumbles like a building that is on fire, like the like um, like Notre Dame. And I don't want to be rude to Notre Dame, but I want to see. I wish it wasn't the Notre Dame Cathedral. I wish that was indeed NRA headquarters. Also, uh, don't forget about the three predominantly black churches that were built uh, that were burnt to the ground uh, by the son of a local sheriff. That story deserved a lot more credit. It only got any press because of the Notre Dame Cathedral, because of the hypocrisy of all of these super wealthy people. I think they gave over a billion bucks. It's going to be rebuilt better than ever. They're going to rebuild the cathedral in gold. It's going to have diamonds and gems all over the place. Meanwhile, I haven't heard any support pledged financial support pledged for the three black churches that were burnt. And of course, that has a, a lot of significance given the civil rights era in this country and black churches being a target of bigotry, of white hatred in this case specifically, and I think uh, historically as well. And as we've talked about before, whether it be a, a Sikh shooting, a mosque shooting, a synagogue shooting, a church shooting, there is something about burning down places of worship that is really strikes at the core of communities at the heart of a lot of these communities that's a lot of a lot of times churches are the only places people can go they uh you know to, to commune with one another especially in poorer areas churches are very important they're vital they're not just about teaching the bible they're about you know youth groups and soccer clubs and the whole thing they're the ymca of a lot of these communities yeah i definitely so spent you, 8 a.m to 4 p.m at a southern baptist church every sunday all, yeah. all in the name of getting the fried chicken at the very end. But, oh, of course. But yeah, it was like a, it's a, a social center for a lot of communities. Absolutely. It's bigger than just didn't, a church. Didn't the Vatican actually ask for money to Oh my God, the Vatican. The, the Notre Dame? Burn down, just, just, just melt down one of your Pope crowns. How much is that stuff? Look at, I mean, literally Timothy Dolan, the uh, the dude here in uh, in New York. First of all, he is disgusting. And as soon as they open up the pedophile investigation in New York State, if the Catholic Church and the uh, Hasidic community ever let it happen, those are the only two factions that are going against legislation that would allow people who were molested to come forward for one year and also extend the statute of limitations to 25, to be 25 years old as opposed to, I think, 22 now. The only two groups are religious groups, and that is not a coincidence. Um, Timothy Dolan has a lot of skeletons in his closet. He was talking on local news. And I was watching a basketball game at a sports bar, and then that came on because the game ended. And of course, I had to scream at the bas- I had to scream at the screen. I put it on Instagram. It was very fun. He's holding a a, a gold one of these golden, you know, scepter. Um, yeah, a scepter, basically a golden scepter. And I'm like, burn that thing down, melt that down, and donate it to this freaking chapel if you're that concerned. The Catholic Church is so damn well. It's still the largest church on planet Earth, and it has been for hundreds of years they are so freaking wealthy i cannot believe they would ask for a handout well it actually makes it makes me think of the nra because it does have mm. tax exempt status Ugh. and it's like the vat it's like if as if the vatican were claiming to be an organization that appraises like golden goblets like mm-hmm. that's their whole purpose 
like the NRA as a social wear welfare organization yes. and not a completely like craven funneling arm for the, for the Russians or Ugh. or like just a complete like right right wing scream machine that yeah that that just funnels in money from yeah and I feel I you know again the NRA well anyway that's the NRA and it used to be again field and stream plus but now it's now it's uh, more it's, like it's, do you want to have your own Parkland here's how Nicholas Cruz did it check it out yeah, check the, out check out his steps and here's some fan fiction about Dylan Klebold. Yeah, I mean their their uh, front page of NRA t- on NRA TV is just like um, the the solution to all the hate crimes in America is to arm yourself. The Jews oh, must rise up against. I saw that article. They're genius, G- just brilliant. Um, anyway, so pay attention to those black churches and uh, and I'm sure there's places that we can donate. And the the Notre Dame Cathedral is going to be just. It's going to be fun. I promise you. All right, let's move on here. Let's talk politics. Uh, when it comes to Democrats running for 2020 Senate. Now, this is interesting because, as I mentioned before, the Senate would be huge if the Democrats were able to take it. it they did not do as well as they were hoping in 2018. It was the no. only kind of blip when it comes to the Senate. They were hoping perhaps they could even pick up a majority. That would have been almost a complete and utter long shot. It wasn't as bad as it could be either. I think it just kind of shook up uh, to be 52-48. Um, and then, of course, the House. They the picked House up the got, 66 yeah. seats, and, and that was very good. So state Dem- Democrats um, believe they can recapture their majority in 2020. But now who are they going to rely on for that? I'm sure you remember the Georgia gubernatorial nominee, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams was going to channel or was going to challenge, rather, Republican Senator David Perdue. Now, David Perdue's been around for a minute. Um, and perhaps... Uh, you know, be, beat him and perhaps be the senator out of Georgia. It's very likely that she could have. She is extremely popular. And to my understanding, David Perdue doesn't control the voter rolls. So maybe it could have been a fair election. Although in this country, you never really know. This is what Abrams said in a video announcing the decisions. He says, the Senate provides a singular platform from which to address the issues of access to justice, economic security, health care, and restoring the integrity of our nation's democracy. She goes on to say, however, I am announcing today that I will not... She will not be a candidate for the United States Senate. Now, a lot of people thought she was going to be a huge asset and one of the people who, again, could turn the uh, to turn the Senate to the Democrats. And a lot of people are kind of shook by this. There's another person uh, that the Democrats really wanted to have run against Republican Senator Joni Ernst. That was Representative Cindy Axney, Cindy Axney, uh, but she has also said no when it comes to a Senate race. So perhaps Stacey Abrams has bigger fish to fry. There is some speculation that she may want to go in and get in now to the uh, 2020 uh, election as president, as a potential presidential nominee. I would say at this point, she would I, I think if she was going to do that, she already would have announced. But it does seem like there's a lot of speculation that maybe that is what's in the cards for her. And quite frankly, another voice that I think would be great for the Democratic Party to have. I think Stacey Abrams, as we recall, she gave the rebuttal to Donald Trump's State of the Union. She was friendly. She was um, she was comforting. She also was truthful uh, as far as. As far as connection, there was a true connection that she had 
with the audience. And that is extremely rare when it comes to the rebuttals of State of the Unions. It's usually Marco Rubio slamming down some water. Or that weird old dude that was in the pancake place with us <laughs> in 2016 or 2017. So she did a really good job. And that was one of the first times she was seen on a national stage. And I think she handled it absolutely perfectly. So maybe she has bigger fish to fry. Or maybe uh, she just wants to sit this out. Um, What's and, that pancake uh, and look, guy doing these I days? I don't know what pancake guy is, is doing. He, I think he was the former governor of Maine or something. I don't freaking know. He, they they filmed that in like a, on a Twin Peaks set or something because everyone was just sort of facing the camera while he ate. Like he had a stack I of I don't know why. Because the Democratic Party is so stupid because uh, they were like, the Democratic Party was like, we need to get white middle class people. And what do white middle class people like? Old men at diners. And it's like, that's actually not at all what they like. But nonetheless, uh, good attempt, DNC. Good attempt indeed. So who knows? Maybe Stacey Abrams um, has uh, presidential hopes. And again, I think she would be a great voice to add uh, in the conversation. Maybe, and this is just pure speculation, Maybe uh, Biden, as you mentioned, oh, yeah. not going with someone like an Elizabeth Warren, not going against or not choosing someone that he's fighting in a primary against. Maybe a Biden Abrams ticket. I mean, that could be anything that. to swallow that saltine it, cracker package. He, of a, he yes, of a ticket. He needs to get like, you know, he needs that. He's the little Oreo, but he needs to he needs to dump that in that chocolate. Ooh, the chocolate Oreo. Oh, you gotta get. Oh, I guess that's a bad analogy. Given, <laughs> the, well, it could be white chocolate too. This this is probably what Biden will say verbatim <laughs> about choosing no. Stacey Abrams. He wants to dunk. No, that was he wants not. to dunk his Oreo cookie oh, in that my chocolate God. milk. All right, geez. No, I was talking about the chocolate covered. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Stacey, you really channeled Biden there. I know. Well, that's just how good I am. Uh, who knows? But maybe that is something that's in the cards, which is why she said no, uh, not doing the Senate race this. Go- this go around maybe Biden Abrams yeah, that maybe, could be really cool maybe he shot her a DM maybe. maybe or maybe Abrams on top but I do think she would have to get I'm just a little bit concerned she might be too late but then again uh, the first debates aren't until June but my goodness isn't that coming right can around just, the corner can you just pull anyone to be VP it doesn't have to be somebody in you can do anything you want it could be anyone right it could be you Travis oh, no actually not legally you're not old enough but it could be it, it, it could be me in five years yeah no you really can, can you, you imagine you can choose a Travis um, Morningstar presidency I'm trying to think you know it's very important If of course if you look at VP choices they can backfire as we saw in more real time here when it comes to John McCain and Sarah Palin but if you go back to McGovern um, well, I think his name was Thomas Eagleton. Uh, he was totally insane. And it was the first thing that McGovern did, you know, as a candidate. He's like, I got this dude. He's a badass dude. Found this guy at the VFW. And then it turned out that Eagleton had a shock therapy treatment and he couldn't <laughs> speak in public. And if you ever want to have a fun time on YouTube, just Google or YouTube um, him trying to give a speech. He sweats profusely. It's like cartoonish. <laughs> and he starts twitching. And then everyone's like, I don't think McGovern made the right choice. And if he doesn't make the right choice about vice president, what choices would he make he's like for the trying nation? To, he's like trying to nervously give a speech, but he's always he really re- is. reaching for the gun in his back pocket. It, it was, it's like freaking hilarious. Um, anyway, so who knows what's going to happen. But that is interesting that Stacey Abrams um, has said no to the Senate. And, uh, of course, it may uh, cost uh, the Democratic Party a Senate seat. Also, David Perdue, he wouldn't be easy to beat. Mm -hmm. He's been there for a long-ass time. 
He's got a lot, a lot of connections and a lot of money, although I do think she could have done it. Hey, everyone, this is Travis, and I just wanted to fill you in on a little insider secret here at Last Podcast Network, and that secret is Eero. Eero is a an amazing home Wi-Fi system that allows you to blanket your home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. The single router model just doesn't work for our increasingly high bandwidth world. It's simple physics, really. Like light waves, Wi-Fi waves just don't go through walls well. Imagine asking a light bulb in your living room to light your master bedroom. So what you need is a distributed system, and this is what offices have had for years. But with Eero, you can install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. Simply download the Eero app on your iOS or Android devices, and it'll walk you through each step of the process. It's quick, it's easy, it's painless. Current Wi-Fi routers are really tough to manage and optimize. The Eero app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand so you'll know how many devices are connected at any given point, as well as the internet speed that you are getting from your service provider. You can also easily create and share a guest network. Eero is protected with state-of-the-art WPA2 encryption, and because it controls the hardware and the software for your entire network, it ensures that you're always secure. Since traditional routers don't push software updates to their customers, they are left vulnerable to cyber attacks. Eero updates automatically so that you don't only have the latest features, but the latest security features at all times. Also a big thing for us, Eero has incredible customer support. You can call and get a hold of a Wi-Fi expert within 30 seconds. If you have any worries about your other connected devices during setup, one of Eero's experts can walk you through everything. Their experts can also help you if you're not sure how many Eero's you need for your home. You just give them a call and let them handle it. Here at The Last Podcast Network, Eero has made our lives immeasurably better. We constantly require Wi-Fi to connect with Henry in LA or Henry's contacting us here in New York or we're contacting Jackie in LA. We, we have an interview and then we, like the last thing we need is to be interviewing Pete Buttigieg and then Wi-Fi cuts out for us halfway through the interview. Eero has helped us so much here at The Last Podcast Network. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Just visit Eero.com slash top hat. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash top hat. Seriously, life's too short for bad Wi-Fi. Okay, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, as I mentioned before uh, at the top of this show, this credit crisis, this college loan crisis, we hear about it and we talk about how it affects young people, but it's not just young people. It's old people. America's college loan crisis, it's now $1.5 trillion. $1.5 trillion worth of debt. And, good, uh, normal country. Good, normal. That's how it all should be. $1.5 trillion worth of debt. And it's not just young people. A 76-year-old social worker in San Diego, beautiful San Diego, um, Serafina Galante, this is what she had to say. She says, this is a mountain that I will never be able to climb. And then she says, I am terrorized. So what the hell happened? So Galante, uh, she went to San Diego State University, where she got her master's degree 19 years ago. She still owes nearly $40,000. Galante is one of more than 3 million people over the age of 60 still paying off college loans. That's how ridiculous our college system is. When we talk about this stuff where, 
oh, it's saddling students with student debt, and they're supposed to go off into the world all saddled with student debt, but they're going to get a job, they're going to pay off that debt, and everything's going to work out. Three million people over the age of 60 still saddled with student did, debt. There is something wrong with that. Did it mention her degree at all in this in this article well like, she she was a social worker okay, so, so she, it must be something in social work which, not like a well, mas- not like a master's in mavis beacon or anything. no 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 not typewriter nothing like that um but you can imagine social workers believe it or not in our society don't make a lot of money hmm. isn't that strange how how we don't uh how we don't glorify that as a position, as a job, as a profession that deserves to be well compensated. And we park, Maybe we should. And we park in the driveway. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I know. <laughs> uh, so she went back to school to imp- improve her, uh, her job prospects while others were paying off loans for their kids or grandkids. So this is what she had to say. She says, I was very confident that I would pay it back, you know, in due time. We grow older and then we get more senior and that's the reality of life. Galante still has to work part-time as a family caregiving consultant. Uh, Again, she's 76 years old, which is absolutely insane. Um, This is according to her. She says, I don't see the justice or even the logic. It's not going to reduce ever. And the emotional part of it, that it's there that is always going to be there americans age 60 and older owe more than 86 billion dollars in unpaid college loans 40 percent of them 65 and older are in default that is according to the consumer financial protection bureau this is interesting this is again according to the cfb this is seth frotman he says the fastest growing segment of student loan borrowers are actually older americans he said the federal government does not cut seniors a break again he goes on they will literally seize your social security benefit because of student loans we are literally driving tens of thousands of older americans into poverty so please and it closes up with galante saying this will follow me to the grave so this is something when you talk maybe with uh, your republican parents or your republican grandparents or whatever it might be that is a good thing to remind them that indeed it's not just young people who are the millennials that everyone seems to hate for no freaking reason despite the fact the baby boomers ruined uh, the entire country in many ways and gave us donald trump to boot It is not just the millennials. It is older people who are struggling with student loan debt. And you imagine that, Travis, being 65 years old and having to pay off Rutgers University for your degree in painting. I I plan to be three sheets to the wind starting at 65. Like I plan to be just in the bottom of the bottle. So I don't have time or energy to be like receiving uh, harassing phone calls uh, at that point in my life. Right. Is, is it this is like a weird American ideal like that we're supposed to be hounded to the ends of the earth because we try to do a thing like th- this this idea that like the debt is we we are we are supposed to have this debt this like this uh, this thing around our neck our entire right. lives just because we tried to do the American dream. It's, well, we did everything that they asked us to do, get a degree, get a job. And you're supposed to be able then to make a living and pay yeah. off. And because like that, social that mobility debt. doesn't exist in this country anymore, like actually, you know, becoming successful is not really a thing for most people. It's we're just supposed to like drown in debt 
because yep, that's it. That's you know what we you, that's pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And you will drown in debt six feet under the ground. You'll also be drowning in dirt, which is unfortunate. So let's talk briefly here about rural broadband. Evidently, this is something that's being brought up regularly on the trail. Uh, this is what people are concerned about, and it makes all the sense in the world uh, why they would be concerned about it. So let's go way back here to 1936. That's when President Franklin Roosevelt created mm. the Rural Electrification Administration. Now, within 20 years, 65% of uh, farmers had a telephone, and 96% of them had electricity. And that was 1936, so 65% of farmers had telephones and 96% had electricity because of the rural electrification administration. So now we have a problem in 2017, 30% of rural Americans, that's 19 million people and 21% of farms don't have access to the internet. Um, so what we need to do to solve this is basically get the rural electri uh, electrification administration 2.0. That's what has to happen here. The rural utility service, this is the successor to the rural electrification administration, has subsidized the internet connectivity since 1995. It's one of the two federal agencies charged with subsidizing rural broadband. The Federal Communications Commission provides about $8.8 .8 billion per year in broadband subsidies. That's rural, tribal, and low income, with at least $4.6 billion earmarked for rural. The Rural Utility Service, it's, an, it's a division of the Department of Agriculture, um, meets out about $800 million per year for rural broadband loans. Last summer, Congress allocated another $600 million to the Rural Utility Service to subsidize broadband projects for the most underserved communities. This is in addition to $7.5 billion in rural broadband. So why is this so unbelievably important? Well, now, uh, evidently, 70% um, of teachers assign homework that requires an internet connection. Uh, the vast majority of business is done online, specifically when it comes to farmers. Um, and it is more important than ever before in many ways to be connected. That is why we desperately need to have um, more competition in broadband as well. Because as we see here in New York City, we have Spectrum Cable, and that is basically it. We had the merger with Time Warner. There is, it's a monopoly, mm -hmm. and if anyone knows in New York City, I'm sure if anyone lives in New York City that's listening to this, talk to Spectrum Cable. I'm sure you have. What a waking nightmare that experience is. And we have the internet. So you can imagine if you're trying to figure this stuff out for yourself, you're in the middle of nowhere, isolated, Trying to get internet into your home without broadband service is almost impossible. So that is why this is so uh, important. Almost every state has a broadband deployment plan, Minnesota foremost among them. With so many plans, however, comes uh, come as many definitions of broadband, target speeds, eligibility requirements for grants, and a host of unique priorities. To ensure that high-speed high broadband is available for all rural Americans, regardless of state, we need a national rural broadband plan and i completely and utterly uh, believe that is true this can be part of we don't need well we do need to rebuild a lot of our streets and a lot of our highways are falling apart and we need infrastructure reform without a doubt we need bridges saved we need we need a whole bunch i mean just every time i drive over the verrazano here oh, in new don't york do that. i'm like this thing's going down i'm i'm like the i'm like the biggest um 
final straw that's going to break this camel's back. You know, I can just see my, like a gust of wind. I'm like a big old, like a, like a feather that just hits a, you know, hits the damn uh, bridge and it collapses right underneath me. And then I plunge to my death, Yeah, um, which I wouldn't be happy about. So we need infrastructure as well. But this is almost just as important because we have a lot of these communities that are completely underserved. We need them. We need them in low income areas. And we need them in rural areas, and oftentimes rural and low-income areas are one and the same. So that is something that I think the Democratic Party and Democratic candidates could push for uh, in 2020, broadband for everyone. It doesn't sound—I mean, on a, people like the word anything for everyone, broadband for everyone. It's plausible. It's doable. And uh, I think it's something that needs to be done. Um, for and and there are a lot of companies that do it. I mean, CenturyLink is one. They receive five hundred and five million dollars a year from the FCC, um, but by law needs they need to provide only the incredibly slow download speed of ten megabytes per second and upload speeds of one megabyte. So this company, CenturyLink, is getting five point five million dollars a year from the FCC, and they are providing ten megabytes per second. And upload speeds of one megabyte. Can you explain? Can you explain how slow that is to the audience? That's like uh, so. You're 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 pulling up a GIF. You're looking for the perfect GIF. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to let's say you got your you got your Hillary for prison meme, and you wanted to download your Hillary for prison. Here we go. Yeah, you're I'm gonna, gonna be, laugh at this. You're gonna be staring at that gray box for about. 45 to 45 seconds to a minute waiting for that thing to to just load up. You're just trying just to, one meme. You're just trying to get a sassy like finger wag meme right. uh, going or or like you said your your Hillary for prison uh, gif to come up. That thing's going to take a while. Absolutely. And of course, God forbid you try to watch a YouTube video or stream Netflix, stream Hulu, Amazon, whatever. You're trying to listen to the the crazy frog song on Spotify. Yeah. Who knows? And it's just taking way too long. You need your crazy frog now. Yes, absolutely you do. So broadband, I think it should be much more accessible, much more universal, and there's no reason why we should live in a country. When we talk about disparity, we usually talk about it in economic disparity, economic disparity, you know, uh, education disparity, but there's also a disparity of information, and I think that is one of the reasons why, because we don't have a federal broadband system, and the one we do have, these companies... For five hundred and five million bucks, they can't give them something. They can't give them anything better than that. Of course, they also, can. It just makes me think, like you know, idle hands in a way. Like when you leave people without the connectivity to like the rest of the world, like what kind of other shit do people get into? They go, like, they go to the NRA convention, and they. If, they yeah. if you can't Wikipedia, like what fentanyl is, like maybe maybe you're trying fentanyl. Maybe you're hopped up on those hormones that these baby boomers are on. I so guess you're, so. You're pinging across your your cabin in, in rural Illinois, uh, like on gummy berry juice. Yeah, and, and you just Ooh, don't gummy know. Berry juice. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, they got really they got hopped up on that gummy they berry got, juice. They got high like on it. that gummy berry juice, and they need the internet to tell them that that's actually a kids' show. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's not, true. And you you shouldn't be on uh, hormones at at eighty. I know, I know. Nor should you have student debt. But what can you do? That's the country we live in. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. And just lastly, again, the the bane of my existence. Let's talk a little bit about uh, William Barr. What's going on with this, Travis? You got some details. Yeah. So Barr was testifying. Yesterday on on Wednesday, May 1st, uh, in front of a Congress, and he basically was getting C-spanked on C-SPAN for uh, for basically doing such a shit job 
uh, at being the attorney general. So right. like, yeah, he, makes sense. he chopped and screwed Mueller's report uh, down to like what he basically he was just reiterating Trump's no collusion thing. Right. And then it turns out Mueller actually very shortly after he did this big speech to the nation, mm-hmm. uh, Mueller sent a letter to Barr saying, hey, bud, you you messed up like our two year investigation. You like you muddied the waters so right. much and you like you put this you put this the wrong idea of what exactly we were trying to say in this thing, which yeah. was here are 10 like fully illustrated ways in which Trump has been uh, like a real meanie. Oh, is that, that's the, that's the technical term. That was the term he used. And, um, and he said, look, you, you misrepresented our whole report for over two years of work. And you just said no collusion. And so, yeah, a bar set in, uh, in front of Congress for like a couple hours while he just very snidely uh, rebuffed all of these uh, democratic uh, questions right, uh, about course. that. And like he, he said, uh, you know, I think Kamala Harris said uh, d- at any point did Trump suggest uh, investigating like the investigators. And he, he uh, you know, he, he just, he said he grappled with uh, the word suggest, like little things like this where he's not, right. he, he does not want to like take responsibility for anything that's happening. A lot of stonewalling it sounds like to me. And then when they mentioned the letter that Mueller sent to Barr, he was like, you know, honestly, it was a, it was a little snitty. He said it was a bit snitty. Oh, so, it was snitty. And so that's why he didn't respond, which is weird because this is a, um, you know, this is a, this has a lot of gravitas. This is the a criminal. It's snitty. It's a criminal investigation into the presidency. It's not like a Yelp review for a dog groomer. Right. So you would think right. you would have a little bit more, um, give it a little bit more credence. Yeah. But so he got raked over the coals for being an, a terrible attorney general, basically right. a lapdog to Trump. Yeah. And then they said, hey, could you do that again today? And uh, yeah, he showed up with like a, a doctor's note. I think he has, he, di- was, yeah. he has like diarrhea or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he, so he refused to come on uh, to come back to the, uh, the, Judiciary Committee and talk about uh, this stuff again and <sighs> and instead uh, I think one of the one of the senators brought a bucket of chicken yeah that was Cohen and, did, and yeah. also a, a porcelain chicken as well you know turned it into a real antiques roadshow vibe without I know. without bar there to uh, to dunk on I know I love it when people in power decide to channel their inner improv and just have a little fun with it and he was calling Bill, he called Bill he's Barr a chicken a, he's calling him a because chicken. you know we are in the back to the future world and yeah. he was going with the Marty McFly he's like if I call Bill Barr a chicken he's gonna come out really angry I think I know how to get him um, but you know what when Biff is president I guess we can all celebrate uh, this back to the future world that we live in and you know what the Cubs did win that's that exciting yeah. so they did actually win Back to the Future is nailing quite a few things. Um, okay, everyone. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I love you. And we will see you in a whole bunch of places. Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, Salt Lake City, Australia. We're coming to you. Can't wait to see you all on the road. Um, yeah, and that's basically it. You feel free to DM me on Instagram at BenKissel1. Also, I'm getting my Twitters back. I'm getting my Twitter numbers back up. Um, I guess I have to do that or something. I don't freaking know. So you can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. And, uh, and just lastly, I did get a DM from a listener and they were talking about the change in automation. Let me just find this real quick here. Okay. So this is, uh, this is coming in, uh, from a listener. It's Yako Cola. 
Um, they said, uh, your negative comments on automation reminded me of this. People losing jobs to tech is nothing new. It's like being outraged that blacksmiths aren't a big thing anymore because of automation. And I understand where the future is going. Automation definitely is that. And I get, you know, if you asked a farmer in the 1900s, uh, what, would, what would you be doing without agriculture? They wouldn't have an answer for you. So I know the future is changing. But at the same time, um, this change has to come. It has to happen incrementally and responsibly so we don't just kick people out of their jobs, uh, put them into poverty, where given our lack of upward mobility right now in this country because of uh, big money in Washington, quite frankly, that's basically the main reason, uh, because of the oligarchs, the corporate overlords, and uh, we need to help those people through the transition. I understand where it's going. I mean, I know we're not putting the genie back in this bottle. There's no freaking way. Automation is the way it's going to be. Um, but we also have to have an answer for those people who are really, you know, getting screwed over by the change. Yeah, there has to be some kind of comprehensive, almost career counseling that's happening Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Like where, where your job shifts from, say, whatever that is being automated well, a lot to of like something jobs, more creative and social and interpersonal. The thing is, a lot. I just watched uh, something about a robot who uh, moves plants around. Um, this floral garden, a lot of these jobs are menial labor jobs. And a lot of these jobs, I mean, it's just maybe the only job that some of these people could get. And what are you going to do? What do we do with all of them? Like my little brother, it's, you know, he works at Walmart any day, you know, Marty comes in, they no longer need Michael to go, you know, check on the prices and make sure every, all the t-shirts are in order. And next thing you know, he's out of a job and I have to send him more money than I do. <laughs> But I will always send him money. I don't care. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>